That song is amazing. That's a song called Once in a Lifetime by Stick Figure. Really cool reggae band. I traveled up to Chicago like five or six years ago to see those guys and took a picture with uh, Scott, who's the head guy. Pretty cool. He actually puts all the songs together himself. So literally every single instrument he plays. He plays drums. He plays guitar. He does piano, synthesizers. He sings. He does everything. And then he just basically has band members to help play this stuff when he travels live. But he puts together literally every piece of the song. Pretty cool. All right, today we're going to get into a podcast with a client of mine. Uh, This is a mom that I'm interviewing who ended up working with me personally, but we began working on her son and his issue was autism. That was the diagnosis he was given and had a wide range of different health symptoms and health problems as most kids do. It's not just one thing. It's usually multiple factors. You know, sleep can be affected, uh, food sensitivities, mood, energy levels. How do they get along with other kids? What about the speech and um, physical attributes? Are those declining or are those not as good as they should be? And so that's where the story begins is uh, working with this mom and Uh, getting all of the clinical information we needed, and we had a really great story to tell. So I hope you enjoy this conversation, and let's get right into it. If you do want to reach out and get help from me personally, please do so at my website, evanbrand.com. We also have 15-minute free consults you can book directly from my site with Megan Gump, my practitioner on staff. Here we go. Alexis, thanks for joining me. Yeah, good to talk to you. All right, so we're chatting about your son, Tyler, and I, I've spoken with many, 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 many parents, and a lot of them have amazing success, but one story that you told to me recently was so good that I was like, okay, we absolutely have to talk about this, and it was him riding the bike. Right. <laughs> Can we talk about that? Right. Well, that's actually one of just many good stories we have with him, but you know, riding a bike was something he's always struggled with. There's a lot of motor coordination required that you sort of take for granted when you just did it as a kid and never thought about it again. But there's a lot of midline crossing and, you know, top bottom coordination and visual and you've got all the sensory input coming at you. And it's a lot for a kid with challenges to deal with. And he had um, struggled for years with that. He didn't even want to try at some point. It was just so much to handle. So he just turned um, He did, yes. Okay. So most kids, I mean, I don't remember how old most kids are when they ride a bike. What is, what would you say? Like maybe four or five years old? Yeah. And you know, we were maybe a little aggressive. We got him his first little tricycle at three and I thought he'd be, you know, typical kid jumping on and riding all around. And that's definitely not how that went. Um, usually there was tears in that process for years actually. Um, but just recently I told him, I said, we're going to learn how to ride your bike this summer. And he cried and he said, okay, but I don't want to. And I said, well, we're going to try. And an hour later, he's riding by himself, which was like a major boost to his confidence. And now we take family bike rides, and it's awesome. That's and I wasn't sure he was ever going to learn how to do that. But like I said, that's just one of a lot of things that have changed. So he was diagnosed high-functioning autism and auditory processing disorder, you said, at age, was it age four or age five? Well, at, at two and a half, he was diagnosed with a speech disorder, and then three and a half autism, four and a half auditory processing so it's been about five years. Or, or who was this that said that? Uh, no, it was it was a speech therapist. We initially took him in as we were concerned at two. He really wasn't saying anything. And so they did a full evaluation and said, you know, we, we think he has a speech disorder. Um, and then a year later, after more therapy, hadn't really done anything. We had 
many more <laughs> developmental evaluations and eventually a developmental pediatrician diagnosed him with autism. But it sort of felt like we were always missing a piece of the puzzle, like even that didn't really fit and that treatment plan didn't really fit. So we just kept searching and ended up just picking up more letters to add to his name, um, more diagnosis and not really any clear progress on anything. I mean, so it's been about five and a half years of different approaches. And I feel like we've sort of done the gamut of things. Um, some of it's nuts and I can't even believe we tried some of these approaches and then others, you know, it's a standard protocol you throw at a kid with these challenges, but we never really saw a huge amount of progress. Um, most of it was just because he got older. Um, it seems like he was exposed to more things and just sort of aged. And he, he, he I mean, we, we looked at his ATEC score way back then, and it's definitely come down. But it just felt like at the at the rate we were chipping away at it, it would be forever. And, you know, you're chasing a moving target with a kid. You know, they learn something, but their peers have already advanced beyond that. So it's just like, we're, we're always going to be behind if we keep going at this. So um, that's not the boat we're in anymore. I'm thankful to report. That's awesome. So what's the crazy stuff? Do you want to talk about that at all? What was the stuff you did? Oh gosh, let's see. So we've done many different speech therapists, um, different kind of speech therapy, different occupational therapy. Um, he had an IEP in preschool an individualized education plan that had a whole core of therapists in different specialties working with him every day. We've done um, floor time therapy, which is more like play-based speech therapy. Sort of just feels like you're playing with your child. Um, we've done the handle program. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that. That one's no, not as common. Um, you should look into it just for information. It's sort of hard to explain, but it sort of touches on sensory, but we spent a lot of money and a lot of time on something that ultimately felt completely useless for us. Um, we did some of the sunrise program. We did brain highways. I'm not sure if you've heard of any of these because there's just so many approaches out there. Um, brain highways involved a lot of creeping and crawling on the ground to develop, um, to get rid of primitive reflexes. Spent many hours doing that and saw a little bit of improvement there. Um, but again, how much can you attribute to the protocol versus just the child aging or being exposed sure. to other things? Um, he sees a special audiologist who has fitted him with a custom ear filter. Um, looks sort of like a hearing aid that helps. Um, it's, it doesn't block sound, but it helps reduce noise so that his hearing is synchronized. His ears hear at two different speeds, which is very confusing for the brain. So he has perfect hearing, but at two different speeds. Um, and that's actually helped quite a bit, um, but it, it's sort of trial and error. I wonder if anything we've done or we're doing would change that. I mean, if you, you know. It, it is, it is, yeah. You think it's getting better? It is getting better. And that uh, auditory processing disorder is something that a lot of kids having can grow out of. There's definitely the potential for that. And we're, we're seeing that with Ty because he's been back for these evaluations yearly and, and it is changing and I can see it changing with him. So yeah, that, that is changing. So woohoo for that. Cool. Yeah. I mean, we've I also, wonder, when I hear that term, it makes me think, okay, well, what's the underlying issue? Like if we say, okay, he's diagnosed right. with auditory processing disorder to me, it sounds like, well, what's preventing the brain from processing both right. ears correctly? Yes. And it, it's not a functional thing. Like I said, the hearing is perfect. And so a lot of audiologists will say, well, there's nothing to be done here. Um, if I we've had to also, blame it on anything, I'd blame it on toxins, just like right. everything else that we've seen. Right. Any, I mean, it, it, anything that's affecting the brain is affecting. I mean, the motor coordination with riding the bike, same deal, right? Toxins are impacting a lot of things. Well, um, we've also, credit, but maybe what we're doing is helping. 
Well, you no, know, I would say it's helping tremendously. Like I've said, we've, I didn't even go through all of the things we've done. We've tried multiple naturopathic doctors, loads of different supplements. Um, and some were, some were well-intentioned, but, you know, maybe the wrong thing at the wrong time and the wrong dose um, caused a lot more problems than it helped. Um, we've gone to an immunologist who tried um, evaluating him for pandas with low-dose antibiotics for several months, which, which could undo that. But, you know, when you don't know what you're doing, you're, you're willing to try a lot of things. We've tried doing nothing, you know, take a year off and just see what happens when we do nothing. What goes on then? Um, and I know I have friends who've done far more than we have and have ended up, you know, sort of feeling the same way. It's just like, okay, well, what's the next crazy thing to try? Because you, you can't stop. You're not just going to accept that your child has to struggle. Um, but fortunately, I found your Candida Summit and found that um, Candida, as as minor as people make it seem to be, can actually be really impacting. That's one of those things that along the way, we knew he had Candida. We've tested before, but we never had a practitioner who really knew what that meant or what to do with it. So um, everyone sort of acts like that's just a common thing to have when you have autism. So it's just one of those things you accept and, you know, eh, deal with it. It's just part of having it. And that really has not been the case for us. That was a real game changer um, when we started addressing that as well as his toxic load. Um, Life's very different. I mean, that's one thing I learned the past six months. Candida makes gliotoxin. We test for it on the mycotox panel now. So when we look at mold, we can look at gliotoxin. And there was always this kind of debate in theory with some of these doctors running these labs about, well, does Candida actually make gliotoxin? Because if it does, then that would give us a huge insight on why certain people and kids especially have brain issues. And now we know it for sure does because after we get rid of Candida or get it back in balance, we see gliotoxin on the urine go back to normal. So it's like, holy crap, here is what we thought all along and it turned out to be true. Right. Maybe we should talk more about symptoms. So, you know, when people hear like autism, auditory processing, you know, there's these terms, but as a parent, there's a lot more going into that, like managing symptoms daily. So maybe we could talk about some of the stuff you put on his initial intake form. Like you had written um, eye stemming, which I don't Mm -hmm. even know what you meant by stemming. But uh, hand flapping, um, chewing on everything. Mm -hmm. Uh, You mentioned uh, emotional reactions that seemed irrational. Right. So he he would just cry uh, at, at anything and everything. And sometimes he would tell me he didn't even know why he was upset, you know, and that's not really an emotional reaction you expect from five, six, seven year old um, who has their needs met. You know, it wasn't a tantrum, but just, he was just very, very overreactive about little things, um, which kind of goes with rigid behavior. You know, anything changed in the day and you kind of had to walk on eggshells because what was that going to mean? You know, he would get very upset um, the stimming, he he would do visual stimulation, like he would take a pencil and, you know, do things in front of his eyes and create different light patterns to his eyes um, uh-huh. that, that fulfilled the sensory need for him. Um, but it was at a level that it was sort of endless. I mean, he would he would be doing this with his hands almost all the time. You just sort of wanted to c- grab his shoulders and calm him. Just can your body stop moving? And you could tell this is involuntary he didn't even realize he was doing it or moving. He couldn't really help it. It's just his body just had to be in motion. It was just not calm. He was very agitated. Um, other symptoms, he's very quiet, um, shut down and checked out. You know, he would, everyone always says he's such a compliant child. That's because he's not really with you a lot of the time. You know, he'd 
look at you, but you can tell visually he's not with you. He's somewhere else. He's checked out when he would communicate. His responses were very short. Um, he had a very hard time finding words. So he would start a sentence over up to 10 times. It's just a simple sentence. You know, I want to go to the park and it would be, I want, I want, I want to go. I, I want to, and then he'd give up. You know, he couldn't even express basic things. It was very frustrating for him. He would um, invert letters on words all the time or even mix up the order of words. So like, look how big the moon is, is look how moon is the big. And that, you know, we were trying to sort of decipher what he's saying all day. It gets frustrating for parents and the child when they can't really express what they're trying to say. It was just so much effort for him. Um, and then little things like his handwriting, he had been doing really well and then had gotten sick. His handwriting regressed to just chicken scratch, which that's not normal at this age. Um, he couldn't hold himself up. Anytime you saw him sitting, he was leaning on something or leaning against a wall. It was like he had no energy or muscles to be standing present. Um, we even went through a time about a year ago where he started having accidents again. He's been potty trained since he was two, which, you know, that doesn't just happen for no reason at this age. And he wouldn't know why either. Um, what else? His teacher would tell me he's falling out of his chair. He's just fidgeting. And, you know, the movement so much would cause him to be falling out of his chair in class. He was sensitive to sounds. You know, the fire drill at school would send him screaming in tears, flushing the toilet. You know, an airplane flies by. He's just constantly covering his ears, wearing headphones. Um, and like I said, yeah, mouthing things. Everything went in his mouth. Everything anywhere. We're standing, standing in line in an amusement park and he's licking the handrail. <laughs> anything and everything, just that, that stimulation in his mouth. Um, but, and it's funny because so many people, and even you said this to me, like the labs weren't that bad compared to other children you've seen. Everyone always said, Oh, he's got a lot to work with. This is good news. We can fix this. But even with labs that weren't that bad, look at how many things I just listed were impacting his day. You know, he couldn't sit in the classroom and, and do well and pay attention or enjoy going out to dinner or even playing with his siblings. There's just too much going on for him. Um, so a lot of those are your typical ASD symptoms. But then others, I feel like some of those we'd never saw. The, the, the stimulization, the handshaking, the mouthing, everything, until we started treating Candida with a different provider who was well-intentioned but didn't, didn't really know how to treat it. She, she didn't really know what she was doing. We didn't do any sort of liver, kidney support just went at the candida and then we saw all of these symptoms flare up for months and she was saying, you know, let's just die off, you know, we just got to do more of it. It'll get better. And it didn't get better. It got much worse to the point where we were like, okay, we have to stop this protocol because something is off here. And even stopping the protocol symptoms didn't go away. It was like he was stuck in the zone of um, these new symptoms that have sort of taken over his body and we weren't really sure what to do about it. Wow. So on a scale of one to 10, like 10 being most severe, where was he like in terms of severity? And then you went with this practitioner, they did something. And then you said things got worse. Like what, what did the numbers do? What, well, I would say prior to that practitioner, I would say he was a, he was a five, you know, he'd have good days where people would have no idea he had anything going on. And then other days where we're like, oh, he's sort of falling apart. Once we went and started this other protocol, every day was a bad day. Every day he was checked out and having all these symptoms. Um, so it got pretty bad to the point where, you know, I fired her and said, I, you know, we've got nobody, we've got no therapy, we've got nothing going on, but that's better than 
this random and you know it was natural herbal therapy but when you don't know what you're doing that can still be very dangerous oh they're still powerful herbs can be just as powerful as antibiotics and drugs it's just right if not more yeah for sure so what he so would you say he went from maybe a five to what like a nine yeah i would say an eight or nine okay and then where's he at now one ten one's the best ten's the worst i would say a two on a bad day Cool. There's definitely, I mean, there's, so that's yeah, cool. there's definitely days that are still harder, but you know, we know a lot more now. We know what influences that. Um, and we know what to do when that happens. So, you know, I, I've mentioned to you in past conversations, there's been times on vacation where, you know, maybe our diet has slipped or he hasn't gotten much sleep and I start to see some symptoms pop up immediately. And so I know, I know what we need to do to get him back on track. Yeah. But overall, you'd say symptom wise, like the hand flapping, emotional reactions, chewing on everything, eye stimming, how would you rate all those symptoms now? I would say the majority of that is gone. Um, If we see it at all, it's very rare. I mean, after we started the protocol with you very quickly, I mean, I'm talking within a couple days, uh, we started seeing improvement. I actually didn't even tell my husband we were going to do anything new because after five years of different approaches, you sort of start believing anything will work. So I was like, I'm not going to even bother with him with this. And he came home from work after about three days and he said, did you give him something? And I said, why are you asking? He said, he's doing really well right now, three days in. And all we'd been doing at that point was liver support. That was it. That's the only protocol that had come in the mail. That's all we had started. But it was, this fog was starting to lift off him. You could just see this clarity in his eyes and he was more connected to the environment around him that quickly. And that just continued to improve over the next few months. It's amazing how toxicity takes you away from the present moment. I mean, even like my mold exposure and the crap I've been dealing with, I notice a difference myself. Like when I take all the right support, I literally go from being in my own head to like being and playing in the real world. It's pretty crazy. Right. I mean, he's had, that's the other thing too. We never really knew how he felt about anything because the speech just wasn't there. And now it's so much easier for him to talk. He's not restarting sentences a dozen times. He's, longer interactions used to just be you'd get one sentence answers that was your conversation back and forth and now he he'll come home from school and tell me 10 minutes about what he did and I can't even get a word in to ask a question he's just telling me all these different things and um I mean it's had impact in crazy areas like handwriting is amazing now and I did nothing to change that no one you can't have a child go from chicken scratch to writing perfectly in two months without interventions I mean that just doesn't happen his reading his teacher had approached me at the beginning of last year, right before we found you. And um, she told me, you know, he failed his reading test. He's, he's about a year behind in reading, which is really disappointing because we had really focused on that. We had held him back in kindergarten, you know, really trying to give him time. And so, wow, he's a year behind with all of that. <laughs> so she didn't expect a whole lot from him by the end of that year. And she came chasing me down in the parking lot one day after school, so excited. And she said, we just retested and he's above grade level now. So he did more than a year's worth of growth in a year. And like I said, I, I can't take credit. I mean, he doesn't get that by osmosis, just reading with me. I mean, he's become more creative, more affectionate. He gives me hugs all the time. This is a kid who used to not want to be touched. You know, he just, he didn't want you to hug him. Now he's giving me hugs. It's going to make me cry. That's okay. I'm going to cry too. Probably. (laughs) I about started crying when you told me about the bike thing. I mean, that was just insane. I thought, how is this possible? How is how, how, I mean, and it hasn't been that long. I mean, it's only been no. timeline-wise. <laughs> like, you and I, I think we first made his protocol about six months ago. 
Maybe yeah, a little, little more. bit more than that. Yeah, a little bit more. But I'm telling you, it started quick and it, it we just like shot off from that. And, you know, one thing I really appreciated is that along the way, you know, we would play with different things like, OK, let's try a different probiotic. And I would tell you like, OK, weird things happen. And you said you told me and this analogy is perfect. You said it's like walking a tightrope. You know, we got to give them just enough, but not too much. And so where do you find that happy point? And it, that's sort of what this all is. You know, there's it we're always going to be dealing with getting toxins out. I mean, we're facing them every day in the world, but it's knowing how to deal with it and what to give them at what dosage. And so you're always going to have to play with that. And, but having the options and knowing, okay, well, that didn't work. Let's try this. And the other thing I appreciate is, um, I'm just going to get emotional about this. Please go ahead. Come on. <laughs> I mean, we, you really educated us about a lot of things that, that have been important. Like, we have a water filter now, you know, we've changed our diet, the materials in our home, our cleaning products, you know, all of that, you know, our whole house is healthier now. And, and that that's mattered. Yeah. Well, I told you it's easier. I told you in the beginning, it's easier if we do this together and we get everybody involved. Cause if we try to just focus on him, sure. Right. That's cool. We'll have some fun. We'll see good results. But if I could get you on board and get dad on board, get the other kids on board, then we'd be really be kicking some butt. Right. Now, well, here's another funny thing that yeah, changed. And um, I don't know if you'll know why, but this is just one of those funny things we laugh about. He has always had a tremendous amount of earwax, which is gross, but that's, he's just been that kid. I've asked every doctor we've ever been to, every audiologist, like, what is the deal? This is gross. And they're all like looking at me like I'm crazy. And they're like, well, I don't, we don't know. I don't know anything about that. And randomly now he just doesn't after this protocol, it's just, that's not a problem anymore. Huh. Like what is, what is that about? I don't have a clue. I wish I could give you some smart answer. I don't have one. I have no idea. So I feel like, you know, addressing all his needs, his whole body has helped in ways I would have never imagined from that's reading amazing. to riding a bike to your wax. I know. That's super cool. So this is the first school year that he's, this is the first time he's been back in school or was he in school when we first started and then summer he, break he, and then now he, he just got exactly. back Exactly. Okay. Right. Yep. Okay, cool. So over summer break then, it was pretty exponential progress, it sounds like. Yeah, I mean, I he had an awesome summer. Learned to swim, which is another thing that was a huge challenge for him. You know, we'd spent years in swimming lessons faithfully every week, and he sort of would just smash the water. It was a real sensory thing for him. He would smash the water, and he liked how it felt against his body, and we, we wasted a lot of hours um, watching him do that. And then this summer, he's um, getting in the pool and doing laps. So that doesn't happen that quickly either. That's but a lot now, of a lot of things have clicked for him. Now he's not uh, having any reactions because these are. Are you doing salt water? Are you doing chlorine? Or are you doing both? Chlorine? No, he's not. He's he's doing the NDF plus, and he's not having any reactions. Okay, sweet. Because I've worked with a lot of kids that have been diagnosed autism, and a lot of them either did or used to have flare ups and it was right. always like a time bomb. We never knew if the kid was going to have a bad day after the chlorine. Sometimes it would set kids back weeks. Right. And then now I've been able to make it not happen at all. I still don't right. like it, but right. I don't it love it either. Like, it seems like we've been able to mitigate it though. Mm -hmm. All right. So let's talk about the ATEC. So people may hear that and not know what the ATEC is. So the ATEC is called the autism treatment evaluation checklist right is that the full name it is yeah i believe that's what it's called i'm going to type it in just to make sure yeah autism treatment evaluation checklist so basically what this is this is a rating system it was developed by these phd people who 
basically says to assess the effects of treatment and then parents and professionals use it to monitor the general well-being of an individual over time. So you have uh, speech and language communication. There's four subtests. So speech and language, sociability, sensory, cognitive, and then you have health, physical behavior. So it says that, I'm trying to see, do you remember what the numbers are? Like what number is considered bad? Basically the more numbers the higher the worst the yeah the worst they are i'm yeah. trying to think of what the maximum is i i want to say it's like 150 yeah that sounds about right i'm going to see max score a tech let me see if i can find a number i'm just wondering how high can you go i've, I've had a couple of kids that have been like around 120 so i'm just trying to see so this website here says that okay yeah so here we go so it's like percentiles so the maximum score is 180, but any child above 104 is severe, like the worst of the worst. Wow. Like these are the kids who, when I worked in a chiropractor's office, these are the kids who would literally have to be chained. I'm not talking oh a gosh. rope. I'm talking a real metal chain, chained to their mother. And these are the kids who we'd have to unchain them the chiropractor would literally have to almost body slam these kids down onto the chiropractic table to do an adjustment on them and then chain them right back to the mom and they'd settle down for a few minutes. So that that's like the maximum above 104. So that's like 90 to 100 percentile of autism. And then you go down to like your 90s, your 80s, your 70s, your 60s. So where, where was he at when he first started? I know you and I kind of tracked, but did you do that questionnaire before we started we working together? We didn't, but we kind of went back recently and um, kind of put our heads back into a time of where we were and said, well, what do we think we would he would have been then? And we came up with over 80. He was over 80. Okay. Yeah. So that's like the second highest then. And then I told yeah. you, I want you to grade him as pretty, pretty much as hard as you can. On right. This. So what was your latest score? Nine. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, that about makes me cry there. So, I mean, according <laughs> to that, you know, you, you. so just to be clear, if people don't quite fully grasp what we're talking about, the higher the number, the worse, the more autistic symptoms, behavior, the harder to deal with. If you're like 80 or above, you're, you're in trouble. So when you get to below a 30, even like below a 20, most people would say that does not classify as autism anymore. Right. Now, I can't legally diagnose, but you would say if you look at those reference ranges and look at those scores, you would say, yeah, that's like a normal kid, basically. Right. I've been through enough developmental evaluations over the last five years that if he were to go through one now, I have no doubt he would not be diagnosed. That's super no. cool. They would say maybe there's a couple quirks just like everyone else has, um, but it's nothing like before. I've taken the score myself and I showed up at like a nine. So <laughs> what the heck? That's awesome. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Well, it's any amazing. other any other good things that you've seen? I maybe you mentioned the swimming thing to me on a call, but I don't remember you telling me that he didn't he couldn't really grasp the idea of swimming and now he does. That's that's super cool. Yeah, no, it, was, it used to be kind of painful to watch. I mean, the poor kid was just thrashing in the water, you know, we weren't getting anywhere, but we kept at it. And, um, that didn't really matter. Perseverance was not going to pay off on that. Um, 
yeah, but it was amazing to see him get in the pool this summer. And yeah, he's just doing strokes and floating. And I'm taking video to show my husband, like, can you believe this? Is this, is this our kid? What happened? That's yeah. super cool. Same with the bike riding. I mean, I did not expect him to get on and just go. Like, this has been a, such a battle for years. You know, that's not, that's a minor thing. That's, that's a fun thing. But the speech and the connection to our family and just people around him and just seeing that clarity in his face, you know, he, he hops down the stairs in the morning with these bright eyes and he's with us from the beginning of the day. That used to be a rare thing. You know, my husband would tell me in the morning, he's going to have a good day today. I can see it. And, you know, we'd get those days like once in a while. And then it very quickly became that that's just how it is every day. It's rare now that he's not like that. That's become the new normal. And it's easy to forget how far you've come when, you know, that's what you get every day now. Yeah. I'm not saying you take it for granted, but I certainly you know even me i talked to my wife about that you know like i would wake up dizzy every day and then the progression generally goes from more bad days than good equal bad and good days and then eventually more good days than bad days and it sounds like that's where you are so that's right the ultimate goal yeah it's hard isn't it sometimes i jump on these calls with moms and the new norm you you forget like the new norm you're so used to that that like you almost need a time machine to go back like a year and see and be like, holy crap, that was bad. Well, it's interesting because for so many years we've taken notes on things and at some point we've done it daily just to see, you know, what's working, what's not. And uh, it's crazy to go back and read some of that. You feel like you're reading somebody else's diary. Like who, who is this child they're talking about? Or you look at pictures or you watch video and um, it's hard. Hard to look you know, back. Yeah. You don't have to. A lot of like psychologists, psychiatrists, people, they say that that's, quote, retracing, like you're going through these carved pathways of hopelessness and despair and that you're just like re-triggering yourself. So maybe it's not worth it. Well, I kind of think it's the opposite. I mean, it, it really makes you grateful for where you are. And, and, you know, I know you don't want to toot your own horn, Evan, but you, you've been a real answer to prayers for our family. You've that's made awesome. a huge difference for us. That's awesome. I couldn't be more grateful. Yeah, I mean, I pray on people all the time. I just say, you know, let's let's get to the bottom of this. Let's figure out what's going on. It's just, how much money would you say you spent before you got to me? I'm just curious. <laughs> Tens of thousands. I don't even want to know. It's, I know one year alone, it was over $20,000 just that year. Um, and I would say we didn't get much out of that. Are you talking 5%, 10% improvement? Like what, what did you get? Oh, yeah, maybe, maybe that much crazy isn't it, it? yeah it, it's if i could have that money back wow <laughs> you'd have a lot of detox supplements though yeah. i could I buy, buy the years. company <laughs> i could buy you 20 years worth of supplements with that right right I mean, no the, the ultimate goal too is really just to get all humans whether it's kids like him or adults like you to, to get to kind of like a maintenance level so the question always becomes okay well we've had these really good results what do we do now the ultimate goal is always to continue supporting the same body systems but just at a lower level and so some of the conversations we have at this point are uh, okay let's try to go from adult dosing or professional strength like right. hardcore dosing to kid dosing i think you and i talked about that a little bit we did yeah mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. educate us on that a little bit because i think that's a pretty cool thing to see especially for you as you become more educated and you are more in tune with this you can know hey are we right. are we under dosing situations right so maybe talk right. about that a bit 
Well, it's interesting because that's kind of a mindset too. I think a lot of parents like me thought, you know, you just get them to a point where they're fixed and then you, you, that's it. You go back to life, but that's not really the mindset you have to have. You know, this is a lifestyle to some degree. Once you, you know, learn about all the toxins we're surrounded with and all the different sources, you realize you're not ever going to go back to how it was before. You're going to learn how to live in the world we have. So that means we're always going to be detoxing, you know, and for my son, he has a problem with that. That's the way he's built. So we have to live that way. Um, so yeah, we, we've reduced some of his liver support recently, sort of as an experiment and saw that that's too aggressive for him. He needs more of that and maybe ongoing, maybe just a little more, we don't know, but that's something we can kind of play with and see, you know, okay, so we saw some behaviors coming back. We saw some speech having a hard time giving more liver support and that is doing the trick so you can kind of start to play with these things and see where can we let up and where can we not and you know there's some things now that are non-negotiable like <laughs> we went to a party yesterday and my husband said well can we bring our own water like we're not going to drink their water <laughs> you know we've become those people now that are nice. snobby we take our own stuff everywhere because we have the best water filter and <laughs> you know we take half our food and we end up going out because we don't want to eat the food that's there you almost wonder why you're bothering going but yeah really <laughs> what well, was your husband was he was he on board or was he as aware of the stuff that you're aware of no. or did he just become like a water connoisseur in the past few months since we started working right together? i mean like i said he was pretty skeptical just because of all that we've tried and haven't really gotten anywhere that you know what's the next thing we're gonna try that's not gonna matter um but once he saw the information, more importantly, once he saw the impact, once he saw the changes in our son, yeah, he's fully in supportive of it. And, you know, for everyone listening, we've actually gone as far as you're treating our entire family now for various different things and everyone's seeing improvement there. So it's, you know, the proof's in the pudding. And once you see that it matters and once once you know that knowledge, you can't really unlearn that. You know, once I showed him what is what is in standard water, once he learned about glyphosate and GMOs, you know, no. He takes his lunch to work every day. Now he's not going to go out anymore because he understands what he's putting in his body and what that does. Uh, and, you know, being a parent, you're a lot more protective of those things. You've got other people to look out for that can't make those decisions themselves. So he's definitely gotten on board. Cool. But it, it's that lack of education. You know, you don't get that very many other places. And even, you know, I told you we've been through this for five years with various providers and never learned any of this, you know, had no idea. And I'm certain many of them don't know it either. Yeah, well, I mean, the problem is a lot of them, they have their dogma, which I don't have. You know, yeah. it's kind of like, this is our way or no way. So you're either going to jump on our train and ride or, or not. And I'm not like that. I'm just like, okay, here's what I've seen. It works. Let's try this. Okay, doesn't work. Let's try this. Okay, tweak this. I mean, if you go to like a thyroid expert, all they're going to do is give you thyroid stuff. And they're going to miss the boat on everything else. Right. And with autism, especially, well, everything really, everyone is so individual. What works for someone may not even work for their sibling. I mean, people are so sensitive. It's funny because now my son can tolerate dosages of some of these supplements that my husband cannot tolerate. And he would have told you he had nothing wrong with him. So wow. he's learning too about toxic load and things like that. So it, it's interesting. And, and you treat people very individually. Uh, most practitioners will do their standard protocol. Oh, you have these symptoms. This is what I do. This is what I've trained to do. And I don't really know much outside of that. Yeah. And that, it's you know, more challenging to do what I do. But at the end of right. the day, I want to be able to sleep at night. Because if I don't <laughs> sleep, then I fall apart. So I don't want to be laying in bed thinking I'm over here giving people cookie cutter garbage. I just yeah. can't. I, I have, I'm too invested in my own conscience to, to do that, you know? 
Well, it's actually faster. You see results faster when you treat people as individuals instead of just applying a blanket protocol that may not work for half the people. Yeah, well, a lot of practitioners, nothing against them, but I mean, if you just Google, which I'm not a doctor, but if you just Google like doctor, physician burnout, it's a huge deal. So I think a lot right. of it is a, a protective mechanism that practitioners are doing because they're too symptomatic themselves. They're too sick. They're too burned out. And so they're just like, I'm going to do this standard of care and that's all I can provide. I can't provide anything extra. Right. Because they don't have the brain power. They're too, they're too sick themselves, you know? Right. And they've got a line of people out the door who need help because mm-hmm. these problems aren't really going away. They're only getting worse in our world. So yeah. there's, there's so many kids out there who need help. You know, something else I would say to anybody listening to this is that don't think that something little can't have a huge impact, like a little candida. Well, it turns out our whole family has candida and has various different symptoms from that that have all impacted us. But look at the difference it makes when you can address that. You know, I, I, I don't think that your child has to be super severe or that it's hopeless if they are. Um, just start start addressing the things. Start addressing the gut bugs, parasites, all of that, the diet. And I know it's overwhelming. It's a lot. I mean, I feel like our lives have sort of overhauled in the last year with this stuff. But a lot of it is a one-time thing. You know, get that whole house filter. You don't have to do it again. Change your diet. It's a slow process, but just pick one thing at a time that's easy and start doing it. And it will matter. It all adds up, you know, so... It can be overwhelming, but just do one little thing and it, it will matter. I agree. Maybe we should talk about you for a minute. I was super impressed with you. I did not think, and I don't even know if I can fully take the credit. Who knows? Maybe something else happened in your life. But maybe the stress of you not worrying about your son as much allowed you to heal faster than I expected you to heal. But you know, you came to me with chemical sensitivity problems that you said were, I don't remember exactly your wordage. How, what was your chemical sensitivity like? It was, it was bad. I mean, I felt like I, anything I smelled, people's dryer sheets, perfume, I mean, scents that most people don't think are bad was overwhelming, made me nauseous, instant headache that would last an entire day. And it just, you know, it makes you not want to go out in public and it makes you not want to be around family members. You can smell their soap. Just, it, it was terrible. And, um, and it kind of grew over the years, you know, and I had, um, a lot of digestive problems and yeah, I mean, you, you do put your kids first since I think we, I took a back seat for a while, but once we started addressing that, um, yeah, I'm happy to say that I do not have those sensitivities any longer. And what has it been? A few months? For you, I mean, I didn't even make your protocol. We're talking the middle of August. I didn't even make your protocol till the end of May. So I'm guessing you didn't get started with your supplements till maybe first week of June. Yeah. Does that sound about right? Yeah. So it was it, quick though. Call it two months. And I don't even know if it took you until the end of last month to, to, to see progress with that. No, no. With the, the smells and the headaches, no. That was very quick. And it's funny because when you, you know, when you experience that on a daily basis, you go one day without it and you notice it. And then you go two days without it. And then you start, you know, really perking up like, really? Am I, am I really? Maybe I just haven't been around people lately. You know, then you go out in public and you realize you're really not sensitive to this anymore and um, we discussed this at length how liberating that is and how much stress that takes off of you when you don't have to experience everyone's odors and know what it's going to do to your body yeah the average person smells it's kind of annoying you go they do it's like (laughs) and they don't know that they do (laughs) yeah it's like okay she has perfume he has cologne they have laundry they've got dryer sheets i mean it's like oh god Okay, so you so you were definitely you would say you were doing some avoidance behaviors, some isolating behaviors. Right. I mean, I definitely you know at the grocery store don't walk down certain aisles because you know that's going to instantly give you a headache. And I think 
it was becoming a little consuming where I would comment, you know, I think I must've been 50 times a day. I would tell the people around me, Oh gosh, do you smell it? Oh, that smells terrible. Oh, can you guys smell those tires? Oh, that car. You know, it's just every little thing I encountered, I did, I reacted verbally and I was pointing them out. And, you know, then I realized after starting the protocol, um, it just, it didn't even occur to me because I wasn't experiencing it. It just sort of evaporated. It's not good for your nervous system either. I mean, when you're that revved up like that and you're commenting on everything, all you're doing is putting right. yourself in more fight or flight. Would you agree? Right. I agree. And you're very agitated and you, you get kind of cranky about doing stuff because you just feel like you're on edge. You're just waiting for the next assault. Yep. It's like, it's not even worth it. Why even go somewhere? Cause I'm just going right. to breathe this in and then my head's going to hurt for a day. Yep. Well, I guess that just goes to show you that my suffering has been worth it then because the only reason I was able to help you with that is because I had to help myself with that. Right. And you know, I never, ever in a million years would have suspected mold for that. If you would ask me, what do you think is wrong with you? I'd have probably given you a hundred other things. Never, ever would that have crossed my mind to even test for that. So, yeah. um, that was real shock, I but know. it answers a lot of questions that our family has dealt with. I know. So that's what we did. So we tested her urine and she showed up with okra toxin and okra toxin we know is not only, uh, it, it doesn't just affect the brain, but it affects the nervous system, affects adrenals, mitochondria, et cetera. So we still need to retest you. We're not to that point yet. We're still really early in the game, but based on your progress, I'm hoping that your situation is not like mine where after I retested after six months of detox, I actually showed up with a ton more mycotoxins and other categories indicating that my body had so much more, but that I was such a bad detoxifier that I only showed up with the tip of the iceberg. I'm hoping wow. your situation is more that we saw more of the full iceberg, but I wouldn't mm -hmm. be surprised, you know, if we find in six months or whatever that you show up with more just because you may have not pushed out that much, right? We're only seeing what you could pee out. Right. Like right. maybe you have five to 10 times more than that. Like my mycophenolic acid went from a 12, which is moderately bad to a 1700 after six oh, months my. of trying really hard. So we'll see with you, but Based on your progress, I, I think overall your toxic load is probably less than mine, which is good. Right. That's disappointing after that much effort. But I know. as you know, and you like you say, it's like peeling the layers of the onion. Sometimes you don't know the full picture until you're sort of in the middle of it. And that's why I say like this, this is a lifestyle. This is just one of those things you kind of have to deal with where you are at the moment. And um, it's probably going to be something you deal with forever, even after you're done clearing the mold to, to support your body to heal completely. Yep, because I thought I was, you know, I had recommended you and I talked about doing some brain retraining, but I was like, well, how'd it go? And you're like, well, I didn't even need to end up doing it. I'm like, whoa, right? that's weird. I thought for sure you were going to need brain retraining. And maybe you could still benefit, but I mean, right. the symptoms are what matters the most. So if you're good and you don't need it, then that's fine. Mm -hmm. Well, cool. Well, any other things that you want to say or bring up? I think we've covered a lot of good ground here and given people hope, which is the most important thing. That's what I was going to say. I mean, you give people options and hope. You know, I see so many people on different websites and forums that try this supplement or that supplement or I've, oh, I've heard this works for this and I'm giving it to my kid. And now I see all these crazy behaviors and I would say that's actually really dangerous. Like if you don't know where they are with their levels of things, if you haven't tested, you could be doing a lot more harm or at least delaying some really good gains um, if you don't take a targeted approach. So I feel like working with you has been one of the best choices we've ever made. And I would encourage people to, to seek someone out that they can trust and not just try to do this alone. Cause we, we would have never gotten this far this quickly, not a chance. And in some cases I think we'd have been suffering forever. 
um, without the knowledge that we've gained. So I appreciate that. And I would encourage other people to, to do the same. Awesome. Well, thanks. I changed my website a little bit and cause so many people resonate with this. So I'll get, I want to get your feedback on it Okay. on my homepage. It used to just say something like, let's find and fix the root causes of your health symptoms. But before that I put stop building a supplement graveyard. Right. Do you, do you think that's pretty cool? Like do people resonate yeah, with that? They do. Uh, I definitely had one of those for sure. And it's expensive. I mean, I feel like people would actually probably save money if they stopped trying to save it. I say you know? that and, and I kind of feel and sound like a little bit of a salesman when I say that, like, hey, just hire me and you'll save more money right. because blah, blah, blah. But no, I'm, I'm for real. By the time you buy and try 50 different things that you read and heard about, you could have just hired me. Right. And a lot of these things are not cheap. I mean, we've, we've tried stuff that's a, over $100 a bottle in the last two weeks and you're like, oh my gosh, we're going to have to build it into the budget to pay for glutathione that's doing terrible things, you know. I just cut to the chase. You'll save yourself a lot of money and stress in the long run. You'll get results much faster. So what I put on here too, I wrote, I wrote that my philosophy is to test, not guess. And I say right. that on podcasts, but I think it's cool. I want to get your feedback though. I think it's cool to write that out. And then I wrote, I'll actually listen to you. I'll help you make an effective health protocol based on the clinical information we dig up. Yeah. What do you think? You think I think a lot good? of people, a lot of people are guessing or, or like we said, applying the standard thing you hear. But if you don't know what you're dealing with, like I said, mold, I never would have thought I had mold. And if we wouldn't have addressed that, it wouldn't have mattered all the other things I tried. I so know. yeah, test not guess is a, that should be your tagline. Yeah. I mean, it is. I just never publicly put it like that. I just tell people that. So now that I like have it front facing, I think it's kind of cool because I want to call out the stuff that I think people are doing wrong. And it's nothing against those people. I, right. I guessed for a long time. It's just... I don't want people to spend more years suffering. There's a lot of people that say, oh, I you know, debated doing this or that with you for five years. It's like, why? Like, Yeah. Well, the other thing I would add to that too is it, it, the test is important, but it's what you do with that information. Because I see a lot of people ask, you know, where can I get an oats test on my own? And then they post results and say, well, does anybody know what this means? We don't want 50 strangers who are worse off than you giving you advice. I mean, you got to go with someone who knows how to fix it. So the testing is important, but getting those results interpreted, I always tell you, like, I look at all our results, but I love to see them through your filter. You're the one with the knowledge. So when you see that, what does it mean to you? You know, I can look at the scale the same way you can, but what does your knowledge teach you about what that number means? Um, and that's, that's invaluable. So people can't just don't, you can't just go buy these tests yourself and try to get better based off that. That's true. That's a very good point. Now, is this, are you talking like Facebook groups or where are people right. doing this? Yep, Facebook groups. Uh, those darn Facebook groups. I mean, they're cool. Like a lot of people find me through f Facebook groups. People recommending me and stuff, which is fine. But I often hear that there's a bunch of moms in these Facebook groups that are like, po yeah, posting lab results. And they're like, what am I supposed to do? And then you got like 20 different people saying to do 20 yep. different things. That's insane. Would you have 20 different doctors who you don't know, you know nothing about? I mean, these are just random people on the internet. They're moms that have good intentions. But ah, uh, yeah, I don't like the sound of that. Nope. It's very scary. It's very scary to see. And, and people are so desperate for help that they're willing to try anything. But, you know, people are so different. You just, you can't take someone else's drug and expect that it's going to do the same thing for you. Maybe I it does, but maybe it doesn't. I had to leave some of those. I was in a couple of Facebook right. groups, just people recommended, Hey Evan, you know, you should join these groups and chime in and give people advice. But, oh man, it was like, I don't even know if I can come up with a good analogy. 
I mean, it was literally the equivalent of, I don't know, 5,000 people all with a bullseye and all 5,000 people are crossing their darts trying to hit the same bullseyes. Yep. Well, and the other thing is people think that if they did something and it worked for them or their child, then that should work for everyone and they will, you know, die on the cross for that. And that's not necessarily the case. So I I feel like you, you can't really recommend approaches to people. It, it, it's dangerous. And, and I, I, you know, I see the harm caused to my son just trying to kill Candida by a well-intentioned naturopathic MD. And that, that wreaked havoc on him in just a matter of months. I can't imagine if we just did everything people told us. So I, I would caution people to really be very careful with, with Facebook and, and internet groups. You know, maybe get ideas to ask your practitioner, but I would not just blindly start taking stuff. I think that's good advice. Take note of it. They're probably on to something, but is it the right time? Is it the right place? Is that the first, is that the order you need to do it in? I mean, there's a whole, like you and I figured out together, like there's a whole toolbox we can use, but if we try to whip out stage four tools in stage one, it's just, it won't work. Right. Right. And I would say that, that, um, these summits that you and others like you put on are far more helpful. Um, you also have to be careful with those as well, but I would say those are at least people who are experts in their field and who are trusted by their colleagues, um, coming together with a, with an approach that they typically agree on. I mean, I thought the Candida summit was extremely helpful and and gave me lots to think about and lots of questions to ask, but you still, you've got to work with somebody who can, look at your child and know their results and, and your family and what they're dealing with. And just guessing blindly is, is, is going to be dangerous. I'm glad you pointed that out. Summits are cool. I'm a part of a lot of summits, but I have many clients that say, yeah, I bought this summit or I bought the, heard this talk and did this and did that and did that. And so they're kind of like, they're working with a ghost practitioner. Like they followed right. that practitioner, but they never spoke to them. So it, it's crazy. I'll talk with these women. And they'll say, yeah, I've been doing Dr. So-and-so's protocol for six months. I'm like, yeah, so what's he say the next step is? Oh, I never actually work with them. I just heard him on a summit talk about this and that, and so I bought it and tried it, and here I am, and I'm no better. It's like – You know, I actually yeah, use summits to shop shop for a practitioner. You know, you get to listen to them talk with their colleagues and get to go to their website and see what they have to offer, and you get to see, you know, which one do you think you'd work well with? Which one do you trust? I mean, use it use it as like a passive interview system, but I would not base your protocol on on someone who's never spoken to you. That's a good idea. A lot of people say they pick me over medical doctors, which I think is very interesting because there's mm-hmm. a lot of people that have more fancy credentials and letters after their name than I do. I mean, I've got a handful of letters, but many practitioners who have more different letters and people pick me. Did you yeah, have well, like I, an, somebody else in mind and then you pick me for some reason? I'm just curious. No, I did not actually have anybody else in mind. I kind of went through the whole summit thinking, you know, which one of these guys could we work with, you know, which one resonates. But I think the fact that you've sort of been through it to some degree, I mean, you seem like a person, not, you know, you're not sitting in your ivory tower judging me and sending me a massive bill. You've been through it. You're dealing with stuff now. You you get it and you're trying to help people. Yeah, I think that is key. I just like to share it. A lot of practitioners have stuff going on. They just don't share it. They want to, that, like, that's very true, you know, cause they don't want to be perceived as weak or uneducated, right? Like they're the practitioner. They should be the expert. They shouldn't be sick. They should be amazing. It's like, pff, yeah, right. That's not how life really works. You know, and the other thing too, that I love is that you guys do that 15 minute free consultation. And so I did that before we ever went with you. I talked to Megan and got an idea of like, you know, <laughs> we've been through dozens of doctors. What can Evan do? What would Evan do? What would his approach be? And I recommend that to people all the time who aren't sure what to do. I say, at least just call, 
find out, find out if this is an area where he could help, you know, it, you, you risk nothing. Yeah. And, and if someone's not willing to do that, you know, then be a little cautious. You don't want that first huge bill to come and realize, wow, this person's actually not going to do anything different for me. Yep. So, you know, kind of offering that to people uh, is a big help. Yeah, I'll always have that. So, yeah, so Megan does that. If people listening want to uh, reach out to Megan, you can. So we work with people ro- worldwide. So you just go on the calendar, book 15 minutes, tell us what's going on. We'll see if we can help you. Well, Alexis, thank you so much for your time. It's awesome to work with you and help out your family. Um, I enjoy hanging out with, with you you know, so much, and I'm so glad that your little boy's in school now and everything's going good. So I'll fingers crossed we're on the continued up and up and up path here. Right. Well, thank you, Evan, for your help. We appreciate it so much. All right. Well, if you all want to listen to more episodes make sure you're subscribed i find a lot of people are not subscribed you just go and your favorite podcast app so if it's like google podcast or if you're on apple apple podcast make sure you hit the subscribe button and also if you do that that allows me to go higher up in the rankings so then i can beat out other people like there's not many practitioners that are high up on the charts. It's usually like marketing experts in the health podcast world. So they're good at marketing, but not good at like clinical stuff. So I'd prefer to be higher ranked than those people so I can get more downloads than those people. So make sure you hit subscribe, review me. It means a lot. So thank you all for listening. Take care.